And we're back here on This Week I Learned, presented by Ross Mortgage, still joined by my brother, Jeff Arnold, from the New England Center for Children, continuing our discussion about Worcester uh, through Polar Park. But we're going to transition a little bit about just Worcester as a whole. Again, what, what we sort of have observed, we both studied in Worcester at Assumption College, now Assumption University, and have spent uh, the years since in the Worcester area. I would say we go to Worcester a decent amount, but... But I want to start with a little bit about, you know, maybe some things that we like about Worcester just just as a whole. So I know one of the things that I really like, I think they do have done, a, well, I guess it's not really the city, but I think there's a much better restaurant scene there than people uh, maybe give it credit for. And I also think it's not nearly as hard to get around or get in and out of, I guess. It's hard to get around maybe once you're in it, but I, I don't think it's as hard to get in and out of uh, from no matter really what direction you're going through than people maybe think. So those are the two big things I think that stand out to me, but, but obviously what, you, what do you think about, I know you're big into the Worcester restaurant yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, I think that as a food city, what Worcester really benefits from is the fact that it has such a, a high immigrant population. Um, so I believe it's like 25, 20 to 25% of Worcester's population was born outside the U.S., I believe. Um, and I think what that leads to is just a really deep, rich kind of melting pot of cultures. Um, and you see that all over the city um, with, with different places. And it's not, I mean, so anyone from central Massachusetts, if they know anything about Worcester restaurants, they would think of the, you know, the, the group of Via Sole Proprietor 111 Chop House. Um, they might think of Niche Hospitality Group, which is Mezcal and The Fix, maybe, yeah. which is a burger bar that is... So Mezcal is a Mexican yeah, restaurant. Yeah, Bo- Bocado. Uh, uh, tapas, yeah, tapas. tapas. Yeah, so yeah. then that, that one also has multiple... Uh, yeah, it's one of Wellesley yeah. as well. So my point, that if you... So from a distance, that's what you would think of with the Worcester restaurant scene. There is another layer to it um, that I think is really fascinating and... and I think so. Uh, let's let's speak about somewhere that you and I have both been to, um, and that's of course the Mexican restaurant in the Canal District. Yeah, uh, El Patron. El Patron. And there's also El- Pepe's over yeah, same in Family, which is Tatnik Square. Tatnik Square. Thank you. Um, so that's just a really good example, I think, of you have just you know it, it's one step removed from the really. Famous is probably too strong a word, but one uh, one step removed from those more well known regionally restaurants. Yeah, but I think still providing a really unique experience and, yeah. and pro- providing and for a good price too. And like that's something that I think you have to appreciate about Worcester is that the good restaurants like they're still not like if you can still go to them like they're they're not yeah. too high of a barrier to entry. I mean, even like Dead Horse Hill, which is like. I'd say the most expensive restaurant in the city, most likely. Probably, yeah. Um, up there anyway. Like, even that one, like, you can, like, I knew people who were going there in college, and I'm not talking about, like, people who were going funded by yeah, their parents. Yeah, but, like, just, like, normal kids who, like, they had a job, but it was, I mean, might have been the best financial decision, but, but still, they like, they were going, going there. Yeah. And I think that's that's something that should be celebrated. Um, yeah, I mean, and, I think that's that's really interesting. I You make a great point. So I think you mentioned a little bit about, you know, the VIA, which I think is just, Worcester Restaurant Group, I think, is what they're going by. Thank now. you. Yeah, that but, is it. But they they have done a really good job of making sure it's affordable, and I think that's really smart because you could very easily. There's no real debate if you're going into Worcester. People know what is considered to be those higher end or or nicer restaurants. But I think they've done a really good job of, you know, keeping things affordable, keeping a lot of them still a family atmospheres, which I think is good. 
Uh, maybe you could make an argument that Worcester should be leaning into sort of more of a date scene or something like that. But I don't know. I think there's something to be said. They, Worcester knows what it is and, and sort of leaning into that family, which I think they've done, is staying very family-centered, is, is smart. And I think they've done a really good... I mean, Shrewsbury Street as a whole, I remember... So in 2012, when I was a freshman in college, uh, they did this like taste of Shrewsbury Street the first weekend where a bunch of the, the universities, uh, all as part of that consortium in Worcester there, so Holy Cross, WPI, Clark, to name a few... Uh, they sort of go down there, and the the restaurants give you sort of a, an idea because there are a lot of people who just simply don't know about these restaurants. But I thought that that was a really smart idea, and, and even since then, so in like I guess it's now been nine years, but there have been so many more that have popped up. I mean, Redemption Rock Brewery, which obviously doesn't have food, but that's new on Shrewsbury Street. Even some of the uh, I, I'm blanking on some of the names, but. There's just been a lot. It's not like it's these places that are, you know, we've been here. There are a lot that have been there for maybe 25, 30 years, but there's also places, people, restaurateurs understand that you can you can have a really good restaurant in Worcester. One of the other things that comes to mind, which I think you've been to, is uh, I don't even know what area it would technically be. It's really only a two-spot a two stop, but where Greater Good is over there, and, and there's, yeah. so there's a new... Olo Pizza. Yeah, Olo um, Pizza, which used to be uh, another pizza place, but... That was a guy who, who opened by a guy who, you know, he really believes in the Worcester scene. And, and that's that's what I like about Worcester is that be, the people who believe in Worcester really do believe in Worcester. Yeah, and I want to go back to your time on Shrewsbury Street and just like the, I mean, on Shrewsbury Street alone, in terms of Worcester as this cultural melting, and I understand that pretty much every city is a cultural melting pot, I'm not saying much, but I think just it is unique from other places in central Massachusetts. And like that is why... I talk about it's why we think it's special is because it does have this, like other places don't have it. I mean, on Shushri Street alone, there's a Caribbean restaurant, Cafe Reyes. Um, there's obviously Meze Greek, Greek uh, Tapas Bar and Grill, which is Greek food or Mediterranean in general. Um, I know that they, there's been a rotating cast of Asian fusion uh, yeah. food down towards yeah, the that's end. That's true. But I think that, so. What also should be noted, and what's I think fantastic about Shrewsbury Street, and really also the Canal District when it comes to like Maddie's Cookery and Tap House and, and all those things, um, is that it's not like it's just these old school. We're gonna give you like steak, and it's you know old Italian. It's not. It's places that are creative, and I think that that is such an asset to the city. And I think something that they they kind of. I wish that they would do a better job. And they and there's only so much you can do as like a, a publicize. Yeah, because you you. It's so in terms of it as a Worcester as kind of a creative center, you have all these creative restaurants. Thing like Chashu Ramen is a, one of these places that is this really creative Asian fusion food. So you have places like that, and then you also have the city that has a lot of young people with all the colleges and universities. And you also have these murals painted around the city. And again, yeah. none of this is to say that, Oh, like, well, there's the only place you can see this. No, but in central Massachusetts, it is. And I think that that's, I wish that that was something they did a better job publicizing because I think that that would make it a bit of an attraction to people. Um, and, you know, and I mean the highest rated, not the Yelp is the, the gold standard, yeah, all be all, but, yeah. but the highest rated restaurant in like the greater Worcester area is this like, shack essentially nola cajun kitchen over on the far side over by west boylston that has yeah. like five stars and like 500 reviews like it's supposed to be it's like incredible a sh- food a sh- yeah literally a shack and like that's the fact that it's like kind of a different spot is for sure 
an asset. Yeah, like exactly. you got to lean into the, and, and obviously with that, there is a barrier to get there because you can't get there by public, easy public transportation. You have to take an Uber. But Worcester's a drivable city. It's exactly. been a drivable city yeah. since it, since it's like started, uh, you know, popping up. I think what you, something you just said there that, that is really interesting, um, is sort of the art center. So the murals, I think that's something that very few people know about. I was very bored during, uh, one Sunday afternoon during the pandemic and I spent the afternoon sort of going around Worcester and taking pictures of all of these murals, which is something I like to do. And I was shocked, which uh, I think it's called like Pow Wow Worcester is the organization that, that, you know. They have a map. Yeah, yeah, they have a map that organizes it. And I was shocked at how easy it was. I mean, it took maybe, you know, three hours and I probably saw, I don't know, 25 or 30 different murals, all very easy to get to. I I drove, so I just parked my car uh, very easy. A lot of them are at schools or... or, um, you know, places where street parking is, is pretty easy. And that's just something that like nobody, I can assure you there are so many people who would be interested in something like that or who are going to Boston to see stuff like that. Maybe they're not doing it all the time, but but Worcester could do well to really publicize like, hey, we have all these murals. For example, there's one that's so interesting. There's this big Roberto Clemente uh, mural that's over in, I think it's technically Great Brook Valley is where it would be. So so maybe not, you know, the most historically uh well-viewed area savory. of Worcester. Yeah, savory uh, Worcester. But, you know, it's right printed on the back of sort of a community center there, and, and it's beautiful. It's quite. It's probably 50 feet wide and 10 feet tall. It's massive. And I, I couldn't speak highly enough about that sort of aspect of Worcester, so the arts thing. Even the Worcester Art Museum, I think, is probably better than people give it credit for. They do a lot of free, or they did pre-pandemic, the a lot of free days and stuff like that. But there is really a ton for Worcester to offer, and it would really be nice for them to lean into that. Now, on the flip side. You're listening to This Week I Learned, presented by Ross Mortgage Company, hosted by Greg Arnold on the Money Matters Radio Network. We'll be right back. I know we both have some things that we think Worcester could do better. Uh, one of the things that, that I know you and I have talked about uh, in regards to, to sort of circle back to the Polar Park thing is that the parking has never really been their strong suit. Um, it doesn't really matter where you go. Uh, Shrewsbury Street, fairly difficult to park. Canal District, very actively very difficult to park and only getting more expensive. So that's that's a little disappointing. I don't know if you need to be charging. I want to say the last time we were in the Canal District. It was like 25 bucks, I think. It yeah. Crazy. Crazy. For something that's, you know, at best probably a 90-minute to two-and-a-half-hour uh, exhibition, yeah. you're paying more than some rates you would pay uh, in some of the hotter districts like the Seaport or even um, the Fenway area if there's not a game in Boston. And that's a little disappointing, but that's really the thing where it's like, man, you, for a city that is sort of, we're watching the rise, you would think that there would have been more planning just about that is something that that's always sort of, not rubbed me the wrong way, but it's been disappointing. Yeah, I think some of that is just uh, the reality of the situation. Like, I think Shrewsbury Street, I don't really know what the solution is besides, like... Yeah, and maybe there isn't that, one. I mean, there's that park in the middle of Shrewsbury Street that, you know, maybe you <laughs> demolish that for parking. Or reduce but, the but size. But God, of- I mean, you, you need green space in that area. So yeah. I, I, I can't... I think, and that... So, and that's, I guess, why I feel okay criticizing it is because I don't really, like, it's nothing that this group of leaders could have yeah. done. Like, I don't really know what you could have done besides, like, instead of allowing a building to be built somewhere on Shrewsbury Street, being like, no, we're going to take this and reserve it as a lot. And then, yeah, or a garage. A, and that, well, well, I'm saying a lot then, and yes, now that now it would be great if there's a garage. I mean, that's what's, like, so interesting. So, Mezcal 
on what is that like Main Street? I think technically, yeah. but right across on DC Taylor Center. Boulevard, I believe it is. Yes. Um, so Mezcal probably not my favorite of the Worcester restaurant. It's not bad, but it's not. It's a. It's it's good. It's good. It's a good Mexican restaurant. Better kind of trend restaurant or better vibe than probably food. Yeah. So that's a great way to describe it. However. I will go there more often than other places because there is a garage right above it that val- and you can value your parking and it's so easy. Yeah. So that's the problem with Shrewsbury Street. I mean, that's I think one of like Flying Rhino, for example, um, which is popular. like a yeah. So it's like a trendy God, fusion American fusion. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they have so to perfectly encapsulate what I mean by American fusion. They have buffalo chicken wontons as like a yeah. big, which is like, the that's staple. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like you want to see something that is perfectly describing what American fusion would be. That is it. So they have their own lot and that's super helpful for them. But then there's places further down, like, um, I mean, God, the like Leo's or not Leo's, the place at the end, the Italian place at the end, you don't have great parking. And, and that's just the problem. Right. Um, yeah. And then I, I think the the greater example of it, though, is the Canal District is a disgrace yeah. in terms of parking. And then I would say the other issue, and again, this is something that Worcester really probably will never be able to do anything about, but if you say Shrewsbury Street, I think if you asked city planners in Worcester or, or lifelong Worcester residents, they would say that the Canal District, Shrewsbury Street, and then whatever they're calling basically downtown, so where they've put this beer garden there's a couple restaurants there. That's where Dead Horse Hill is. Yeah, so Dead Horse Hill is there. There's a 110 Grill right down there. Those would they, I think, would say that there are their three focused neighborhoods, if you will. They are not, not only are they not connected, it's, you never walk between them. That's, that's really the disappointing thing. And, and I understand that there's probably nothing that Worcester can do about it, but it is one of the things that benefits Boston. You can very easily walk from, say, the North End into the Faneuil Hall reason and like Government Plaza. You can very easily walk from the Fenway region up into, you know, the Back Bay region with the Prudential Center and all of that stuff. So that's that's definitely a little disappointing. But, I mean, it's nothing, to, again, it's nothing bad about Worcester, uh, but it's just, it is too bad that there's, I think if you were to put them all next to each other, I mean, Worcester probably has a much different feel to an outsider because that would just give you so many more options in a very, even if they weren't right next to each other, but, like, if you could, you say, could five to seven walk, minute walk. Yeah, exactly. Very helpful. I think one thing they could do would just be, like, further invest in the infrastructure of their public transportation. Yeah. I mean, that's... that's the bus system. Not, I believe the buses are free right now, though, which is kind of nice. Yeah. But besides that, I don't... Yeah, I guess... I mean, they could also incentivize businesses to develop between... I mean, there's obviously... Worcester Restaurant Group is obviously the gold standard of these people. There are these group of successful restaurateurs um, who are willing to invest in Worcester, and I think you could probably incentivize them to invest yeah. in those areas that are between the uh, less savory. And that, yeah, because, kind of for problem. example, like, it's probably harder to connect the downtown area to any of them, but the space between the Canal District and Shrewsbury Street is not, it's not far enough to say that it's impossible, that in time you could. Yeah, the issue is like you got. 290 runs right through, which is you tough. Got, uh, the, you got Union Station right there. Yeah, I mean, they've tried to make Union Station sort of the center for forever. I mean, they put in those brand new apartments. But it is, you know, listen, but Worcester has a lot going for it. I, I think if you ask, you know, people around, it's still just basically known as a place where there are all these universities or it's sort of known as a second-rate city, which is disappointing as somebody who who considers themselves sort of a, a proponent of Worcester growth. Yeah, I think that in going back to like, you know, or not going back, but why are we both proponents of Worcester? I think it's because we went to college there. Um, and I think that when you go to college there, you do kind of like 
get opened up to like, Hey, there's like actually a fair amount to yeah. do in the city. Like I know. And for example, um, I like people who went to Holy cross that I know, you know, these people come from wealthier backgrounds generally and probably would never have been caught dead in Worcester prior to Correct. going to Holy cross. And then they find whether it's dead horse Hill, which is obviously on the higher side or, El Patron or um, like there's a bunch of good coffee spots. Like they yeah. find these places like, Hey, like, this is actually a pretty great place to be. And I think that that's, that's something the that new kitchen is. And I think popular. to, to bring this conversation truly circular to polar park, I think that's what polar park can do to people who don't go to college there is they can bring people in and attract. Yeah. And yes, it has its flaws in terms of the logistics of parking and getting around it. However, there's enough to keep people there. And as long as they keep promoting polar park the right way, I think that's a real possibility in the future. Yeah. I mean, I think, that's a great way to put it. I mean, I think almost a success for Worcester would be Polar Park opening the eyes of people. Yeah. And if it opens the eyes of people and then once they develop it, if it convinces, I mean, there's been a lot of apartments that have you know sprung up in Worcester really in the last five years, whether it be there's a big complex downtown, there's a couple converted complexes. If those apartments start getting snapped up by the really probably even younger than myself, but the the one to two years out of college people, that's how you really get people to to stick around. Obviously, uh, easier said than done, but it, it's definitely, I think they've made good progress. I don't really know what more you could ask in the last 10 years. I think they've done almost everything right, and, and they've obviously benefited by a lot of restaurants, you know, coming in, opening up that are just very good. So it's it's obviously exciting to see as we, as we wind down segment number two here on This Week I Learned, presented by Ross Mortgage. I'm joined by Jeff Arnold, a communication specialist from the New England Center for Children. And when we come back, we're going to talk to him a little bit about his work there and just how great of a program that is over in South Borough, Massachusetts. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> 